I'm Android 17, and also Psyche's dad, <laughs> and you're watching Anime Egotists. And welcome back to the Anime Egotists, where you do not you do not want us babysitting kids in anime. Somehow the kid ends up as in jail, and we end up in on death row. I don't know how it happened. Which, I, for what I wish I could say, is the first time that's ever happened to us, <laughs> but it, it happens. But anyways. My name's Alex, and my parents are only slightly ashamed that I watch anime. Yeah, my parents don't really seem to care that much. And I'm Richard. That's correct. And in anime, kids don't just pop out of the ground. I mean, unless they're Cybermen. So you'd <laughs> like to think at some point there are people out there raising them. Exactly. And that can be one of those interesting relationships, because it's not usually the one that's the focus of stories. So today we decided to talk about the best parent slash guardian uh, figures in anime. Exactly. And sure, some of these people aren't really qualified to be parents in some cases, but the fact that they try so hard to shape people, that's really, that's something beautiful in a sense. And I think that gets overlooked at times. Yeah. So I think this is going to be an interesting uh, list. Do you want to start us off this time? Uh, why not? I feel like I don't get to start off that often, so here we go. <laughs> Alright, so for the first best parent in anime, Ryoji Fujioka from Oran High School Host Club. Okay. Alright, so the thing about this guy is his wife ends up dying before the series even starts, and he's raising Haruhi by himself. And as sad as he is, he finds a way to be well as animated as possible, and he does end up dressing up a lot as a woman, and which at the time was a very bold choice. But at the same time, he does his best to support Haruhi and just show that despite the fact that Haruhi's kind of closed off and normal at times, that he's kind of able to be more animated. And while it's not always shown how much he's suffering due to raising a kid alone, which cannot be easy, I don't know, he always just finds a way to smile and honestly just get a laugh out of me. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen uh, Oran High School Host Club, so, but I do remember really enjoying his character and everything he was doing for Haruhi. Exactly. I, there's just something about him that just, I don't know, oh, on the, they could have done some awful stuff in regards to the, oh, a man dressing up as a woman thing. It could have been so much worse than it actually was, but they actually portrayed it well. It's just like, yeah, he dresses up, but he also loves his daughter. As long as you're tr you're doing your best in that regard, it's just like, hey, it, it's cool. You you love your daughter, so do well, so do the rest of us. Yeah, and I her, he's kind of like a scholarship student for this for the school she's at. So damn rich people. So he's pretty much like working nonstop to make sure she can stay there and all that. So yeah, yeah, it, it's also kind of interesting because he's almost exactly like Tamaki at times. So it's so <laughs> they kind of understand each other in a sense. Yeah, the one guy she probably doesn't want her dad to relate to, though. Yeah, that would be a little awkward, wouldn't it? A little bit. Well, yeah, I can co-sign that. That is a very nice relationship. Yeah. We don't talk about Oron that much on this channel, so I'm just like, let's just do something a little different before we just start seeing all the same shows we usually talk about. Yeah, I've got one, uh, two that I don't talk about normally. Same. 
well, it, I guess including Oron, but still, still, you, you're subscribed to this channel. You know what you're getting into at this point. It's as much on y'all as it is on us. Exactly. Well, speaking of, uh, I guess of mine, um, my first one is one I've talked about a little bit. Uh, well, I talk about a good bit, but it's uh, Inko Midoriya from My Hero Academia. Uh, being uh, Deku's mom, you can see she's made mistakes in the past. His dream since he was a little, little kid is to be a hero. When he finds out he can't, she doesn't know to try to encourage him to pursue it in other ways and just apologizes and breaks down because he doesn't have a quirk. But now that he has uh all for uh one for all um he has all these extra powers is super strong she worries so much about him i mean she wants to pull him out of uh my of uh ua to go to a different school to because of the bad experiences she just wants to protect him and it's such a sweet moment but she never stops believing in him it's not no you'll never be a hero it's I want you to be safe while you're learning how to do this. So let's change which school you're at. That sort of thing. Yeah. Even from the few scenes I've seen, I feel like I always see her just trying to do her best. Not always doing something, but at the same time, just letting them know, like, hey, just if you need something, come find me. You know, like you're a hero, but you're still my son. And I'd like to think if I was a superhero, even I would have to listen to my mom every now and then. Exactly. And it's just such... She does such a good job of wanting to understand that he is now going for this career to protect the world, but uh, still wanting to be that protection. She is still his mother, and that's her mindset. Yeah, of course. We still don't know a lot about Deku's dad, do we? No, there's constant speculation that he'll return or that he's already been revealed, but he's not one of the main characters and all this stuff, and it's like, I don't care. We never got to see Ash's dad before he left the show, so we might never see get Deku's dad. And... I mean, to be fair, I did see an image of Deku saying, I miss you, dad. And it was a picture of him, his mom, and Zoro from One Piece, so I thought we already knew. Oh, well, that's interesting. I, I, I know that their fans, the uh, mangaka who created the two series, are big fans of each other's work so yeah yeah I, it's not definitely not one of those memes where zoro just gets lost in other anime and we're just like we just all have to deal with it so it, it could still be zoro maybe probably not yeah that wouldn't surprise me at this point yeah but i can understand even me as someone who does not care about the series i can still think i don't know if i can hate this woman she she just seems too wholesome and helpful exactly all right. Um. So my next pa- my next parent or parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you to editorialize a bit? Do you remember a while ago on our sequel to worse anime cliches how you don't like the dead parent cliche, and you yeah. actually would prefer helpful good parents? Mm-hmm. Well, that works in this case. Kuniharu and Kurumi Psyche from Psyche K. Okay. Yeah, I can under- I can agree. Look, despite the fact that these two idiots are so in love with each other that it's incredibly embarrassing, they are also incredibly helpful to Psyche, despite the fact that, well, you know, he's the one with psychic powers and neither of them know how to do it. 
I don't know. Oh, there's always just a case of while he's embarrassed by them, he does truly care about them and they have helped him. They say one episode, oh, the school trip should be fun, but try not to use your powers in your sleep. We've had to clean up after your messes before, which I'm not sure how exactly they're cleaning it up, but they're trying at least. And in the first episode, Psyche even says his mom's kind, gentle nature is actually what kept him from completely going to the dark side, which seems, which you'd think would have happened at some point. But like I said, his mom helped him with that. Not to mention, even his dad ended up telling him at one point, those guys are your friends. You don't have to act so standoff to them. You can open up and be friends with these people. I don't know. Without Psyche's parents, who knows what would have happened to him? Yeah, and they're just wacky enough to kind of balance out Psyche's own kind of mentality, it seems like. I think they may have been the best parts of season two, because every time they were on my screen, I was laughing so hard. Is season two the one where they go see his um, grandparents and his uh, grandfather is so, like, doesn't like his father and uh it, in person but like he he's praises him outside there, there, there are a couple of episodes where that happens in season two it get like that whole family is ridiculous but i just want to go with psyche's parents because well they're actually his parents his grandparents are not nice to his dad at all which kind of makes me sad because his dad's one of the best characters yeah i i can agree i i remember really enjoying whenever i was following along at, uh while you were watching yeah the one kind of downside is at one point early in the series they're like oh thanks for helping us for for a reward we'll reward you with another brother or sister which one are you looking forward to and he's like no please stop yeah he just wanted a coffee jelly Uh, let's see kid dealing with kids coffee jelly you decide but as I said, I could 100% cut aside. They were always fun to watch. Yeah, but most of the parents on that show were actually pretty decent, but I'm just like, let me just stick with them. Yeah, maybe if we go a sequel. Sure. All right, so my next one. Go ahead. I put uh, Ishin Kurosaki uh, from Bleach. So pretty much they... Uh, Ichigo and uh, Karin and uh, forgot what the th- the other daughter's name is. Uh, lost their mom when they were all really young, and Ishin stepped up and uh, kind of became. It's a, you get the feeling that he became more wacky, kind of um, going over the top to make them not feel down as much about the loss of the mother, their mother. But he's always. Especially once you start learning like his history with him being a soul reaper and all that, and that's where Ichigo gets those powers from, you start unlocking more. Like he sacrificed his life as pretty much nobility in the soul society to come to Earth and run a clinic with uh, his human slash Quincy wife. It's one of those like he sacrificed everything for first her, but then even when he started had a chance probably to go back once she passed away he stuck around and kept raising these kids and uh he always seems to be there when Ichigo really needs him to come up with a new training idea new level of power it, it, there's just always something that he's able to provide Ichigo in the way of his training yeah it's a, it's really just cool how stuff like that happens like 
I have all of this, but I'm going to give it up for my family. And it's even more interesting when it doesn't end in like a sacrifice or a death, which is like, you're still living with this, but you're not letting it ruin your life. You're just like, I've made this choice and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep being a good parent because sometimes parents and anime sacrifice that and then they blame the kids for that, which is never a good thing. Yeah, and I do love, I think the first time we see him, he attempts to dropkick Ichigo as his as Ichigo's training. And then when Ichigo blocks him, he and complains about it, he goes to this giant like five foot by seven foot poster of his wife and begs her forgiveness for how Ichigo is acting. Oh sweet God. I don't know. I wouldn't know how to if I walked in on that, I don't think I could be friends with Ichigo. I'd be like, you know what, man? Um it's cool. Just do your sword stuff without me. It's all right. Yeah, no, but it's just it's just hilarious the relationship he has to like human Ichigo and then Soul Reaper Ichigo is so much more serious. Yeah, definitely. I, I can definitely co-sign to that. That's I, I'm gonna be honest, out of all the things I remember about Bleach, the parents aren't really one of them by comparison to some of the other stuff. Well, he's the only one that shows up a lot in part one. Uh Udiu's father shows up a handful of times and a lot more towards the end. Um, Chad's parents, I think, are either dead or not in the picture. In order, Hima's parents are dead because they died and she was raised by her brother before he died. Good lord, that poor girl. Yeah. When you look back, she has one sad backstory. I mean, both parents die, I think, in a car accident. Then her brother, who's raising her, gets run over and killed as well. And you wanted to take Ichigo away from her, you sad person. <laughs> All right. But your next uh, parent or parents. All right. Just one parent. And no, I could say both of these parents, but I think the mom does a little bit more of a better job considering everything going on. Hope Stellar from Mega Man Star Force. Okay. This woman has lost her husband and she doesn't know if he's ever getting him back. Heck, she's dealing with a 10-year-old child with massive, horrible depression, and she's doing everything in her power to hold it to get to hold everything down. She's not forcing Geo to go to school, and frankly, I don't know if I could either. But at the same time, you just get the fact that with everything she's going through, she really just she's really still finding a way to make everything work. And as the series progresses and Geo gets happier and starts to progress. You can tell just how happier she gets from it. And it's always nice to see that when a kid is happy, he that does reflect on their parents. It's, and with everything, she never she almost never lost her temper with Gio. She never pushed him away. Hey, if anything, it kind of felt more like Gio was the one kind of more closed off. Uh, but she realized I have to be strong for the both of us. The games especially. The anime seems to do a little bit of a better job showing that they are close with each other, but that you could argue that could be a good or bad thing. But just Hope Stellar, she just never stopped. She never quit being a mom, despite how oh, a lot of people might at that point. Yeah, no, I can 100% agree. I've looked into the story a bit on this, watched a few episodes, I think, of the series, and it is one of those that she's you can kind of tell that she's trying to hold herself together as best she can to be there for uh, her kid who is not taking it well. I mean, but she doesn't push him to make decisions that uh, like too early, like going back to school when 
a lot of parents in anime would go, okay, you've mourned for a week, go back to school now. Right. The only time I feel like I remember her not really doing much of anything is when Luna, the class president, shows up and she says, hey, I'm here to make sure Gio goes to school. Let's go, Gio. And and she's just like, oh, bye, guys. Wait, what just happened? But in her defense, I don't know many people who could stop Luna. I don't think I could either. She kind of scares me. Yeah, I mean, what? based on everything I see in uh, Japanese anime, if the class president shows up, then you have to do what they say. That that is true. He ended up fighting three of them off somehow, <laughs> how through a, a lot of comedy of errors. But I don't know. You just get the feeling that she really was happy for her son as he got better. We don't learn the most from her, and that's kind of okay. But we always get the feeling that even when she doesn't know that he's Mega Man, she's still there. And sometimes that's all you need, especially with everything going on in their lives. Exactly. All right, so my next one, uh, I chose, uh, this one's a little weird because he's not really the parent, but he's kind of serves as the parent role, and that's Makarov from Fairy Tale. He's the guild leader, and every time you see something bad, when he pretty much calls every member of the guild his child, and that um, if you attack or injure one of them, He'll take the guild to war to fight on their behalf. Um, so that that's kind of how they take on the first major uh, villain in Gaggio and all that was because they attacked uh, Levy and her uh, kind of team that she was part of. And he... I'm trying to think of how to put it. They pretty much go to war, attack the other guild, but then a couple episodes later, despite the fact that it was Gajil who actually did the attack on uh, the fairy tale team, comes to Gajil and invites him to join the guild, and but says, just so you know, I haven't forgiven you. I'm just... But you, you can take your first step on the road to redemption uh, thanks to me. And I've mentioned it before that yes, he probably should have died at the end of the series to uh, in his grand sacrifice. But that's just how much he thought of everybody in the guild as his children and hated seeing them getting hurt and killed in uh, the war against uh, I think it's Edelus? I can't remember. The uh, other, the main bad guys, uh, the final arc. And so yeah. he uses their big spell and it's supposed to sacrifice himself so that to kill all the enemies so that they only have to fight the le- the last few and he so you you just know that he uh loves each and every one of them even as a kid yeah. or even but based on what you told me i especially like the hey you can help you can join up with us you can be cool but i do just remember i have a long memory do not get too comfortable around us exactly and i mean that's the thing he doesn't even view like because his grandson is Loxus, who I talked about his departure for, uh, where he got banished from the guild. So he he doesn't he treats everybody in the guild the same. So even though Loxus is by blood his grandson, they uh, because Loxus turned his back on the guild and hurt other guild members, 
he still banishes Loxus away. But when Loxus redeems himself by showing up to help protect the, uh, other members of the guild, he is willing to realize or to help forgive him. Yeah. Huh. I definitely do remember you talking about him. I'd like to think I'm going to like this. I'd like this Loxus guy, but who knows? I've had, I have weird reasons for not liking people sometimes. Yeah, I, I think you'll like Loxus after his redemption more than because he's very pompous at the start. Yeah. I do remember you at one point also saying he's kind of a guilty pleasure for you. And I'm like, yeah, and I have those too. Yeah, because a lot of people I think either don't like him or they're he's like their favorite character. It seems like there's no in-between. Of course it is. But yeah, I, I, I guess I can co-sign on to that. Alright. So your next one? Alright, since I've been binging this show, I feel like I have I feel like I have one that'll work on this list and sadly another list we could be doing about this same topic. Seitaro Takamine from Zatchbell. Okay. Yeah. This is Kyo's dad. And while he's not in the series a lot, he's all, he's actually in England teaching. And he actually shows a lot of compassion and caring for Kyo. And I wanted to include Kyo's mom on this list, but in the beginning, she's kind of, I don't want to say abrasive, but she is kind of pushy in the sense that she keeps telling Keo, you need to go to school. The reason everybody picks on you is because you're a pompous piece of garbage at times. She doesn't say those exact words. I'm just throwing it out there. But the thing is, Keo's dad is one of the few people, and he even tells Zatch this, who says the reason people pick on Keo is not because he's a stuck-up jerk. The reason people pick on him is because he was smart and other people got jealous. That never really gets brought up. It always kind of makes it seem like people think Keo's the bad guy, but he pushed people away after they started pushing him away. And I think this is just really important for a parent to understand. Sure, you need to push your kids sometimes, but sometimes it's not always their fault if something's going wrong. Not only that, but he seems to keep up with his family on a regular basis. For Keo's birthday, he sent him a six-year-old boy who shoots lightning. And in all seriousness, as ridiculous as it is, if it wasn't for Zatch, who knows what would have happened to Keo. Keo's dad helped save him and Zatch, and they both became better people. Not to mention whenever Zatch says stuff like, oh, let's go see dad, or oh, let's go see mom. His, pa his parents don't care. They're perfectly accepting of Zatch as their kid, and I guess Ponygon too. I, get, I just picture it. Here, son, you're, you just turned 16. Have a six-year-old kid goody he's yours raise him as your own by the way read this book read this book and you have you're gonna have to find about 99 other momogo have fun with that but if yours becomes king you never get to see him again until they decide that it was too popular and make a sequel yeah but you, you understand my point though it just <laughs> seems like he has faith in his son and realizes maybe it's not all his fault because you watch Zatch Bell as a kid and you think Keo's a stuck-up jerk, but once you get older, you're like, uh, no, you're kind of on his side for both good and bad reasons, because good, dear God. Yeah, I mean, at first you get those, you, you're not really, but once you start finding out what, like, just what happened to him through the first handful of episodes, then you start feeling it a bit more. Yeah, but like I said, even if he wasn't always around... <laughs> Keo's dad just seemed like he was, wasn't was always around, but he was still around. Like, he was still involved with his kid's life. Yeah, he tried to be, at least on the other side, of, being on the other side of the world, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing is for the se- for the sequel, it's not that much of a spoiler. Like it, but I I but <laughs> just in case, five, four, three, two, one. And he does have a good effect on Keo because Keo does become a teacher in the sequel. Huh. I, that is nice. I I need to finish up and uh watch that series uh the Zaspell series and then read the books. Yeah. The, the manga oh, or the manga. spell books themselves well the spell books yeah but... i'm getting dangerously closer to wanting to do a a zatch bell video we've talked that we've talked about before but like it's starting to get scary because i'm binging this faster than i usually fit binge other series like i'm close to halfway through and it's been like a week and a half oh god okay that is fast for me <laughs> no that's very fast that's a is what the, even the English dub is at least ninety episodes. It's about a hundred. Yeah, so that's a lot to get through. Yeah, not obviously not right away. Like you, you know me. You know I'm patient. You know I don't care. Yeah. All right. But yeah, I'll co-sign it. It's just interesting because he's the catalyst for the entire show, pretty much starting. Yeah, but if it wasn't for him, Kanchuma and Fulgore would have never met Zach and Kyo, and I think they were the biggest influences on their lives. Well, I mean, he is the uh, number one singer of our generation. The Invincible Fulgore, good lord. Uh, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's move on before we start seeing get a copyright strike. All right. So I have uh, Byakuya Ishigami from Dr. Stone. So I don't remember all the details if they tell us what happened, but... Um, Senku's parents uh, died, and Byakuya was a friend of theirs who decided to raise uh, Senku. And uh, Byakuya is on the smarter side, but when compared to Senku, Senku is a genius. Uh, Senku actually pushes Byakuya to um, go to the International Space Station uh, as part of a the Japanese program. So, and that's where he is during the uh, whole turn where everybody's turned to stone. But he actually never gives up on Senku. He knows that Senku's paralyzed, but he believes that Senku will uh, be the first one to be freed pretty much and will be able to rebuild society. So when uh, him and his, the rest of the astronauts come back to earth and start building a small uh, stone age society, he starts leaving behind like different minerals, like the they strip the pod of like its gold, its platinum, all its conductive metals and stuff, and put it in a container inside the space pod so that it'll be there when he wakes up. He makes he helps redevelop um, records so that they can uh, record their voices for them. He finds a way of preserving it to last the thousands of years that it uh, takes for Senku to wake up. And in those recordings, he literally says, like, the way he talks, you know that he, he knows that Senku's going to save the day. And that's just one of those things that is so awesome about him. He's not even his actual father, but is kind of serving as it. Yeah, it's like I've said, the found family trope in anime is probably one of my favorites. I remember starting off that list being like, I'm going to start wholesome with the found family. And you're like, no, let me go depressing for one of my first answers. And I'm like, great. This is, this is going to go what? This is going to go great. Uh, I, I, 
vaguely remember which episode that was. Yeah, but I I do understand. Doctors, like I said, Doctor Stone will probably be a show I give a chance. Like I've said, it's one of those shows where I look at it, I'm like, this looks like it could be good, but I'm still not completely sold on it. Something about it feels off. And like I said, I don't know what that is. I can get that. I'm... I really enjoy it. Uh, where they just started up a uh, season three, part two, to um, where they were on the i where he, they they're on the island that was colonized by uh, Biakia. You think as anime fans, we get more used to the <laughs> season three, part two thing, but no, I'm not. I'm. It still <laughs> baffles me when that happens. Well, season one was part one part two season two was only one part and then season three is part one and part two again that's that's so confusing yeah i they they pretty much are just doing one arc for per season it seems like and that was but the arc in between season one season two was much shorter yeah i i guess i can understand that yeah but i can i can co-sign it does sound like he's very caring towards someone who's not even his own child, which counts as a good parent or parental figure. Exactly. Alright, honorable mentions time? Honorable mentions time. Like I said, I have four. Uh, two, three, four, yeah. Alright, so my first honorable mention? Go right ahead. Alright, hey, you didn't have a Dragon Ball all parents on your list, so I had to go with one. Grandpa Gohan Okay, yeah. This this is one of the the kindest, most patient people in Dragon Ball. Especially, it's especially all the more interesting that he's not as over the top as some of the more recent characters. But he raised Goku, and he, despite the fact that he dropped a baby on its head, and <laughs> and he still found a way to turn Goku into a loving, goofy, caring person. Person, and ultimately, which did end up saving the universe because with everything going on and and i don't know you just with all the things we hear about saiyans and how horrible they treat their kids sometimes it's just nice to see that grandpa gohan well they didn't know what saiyans were at the time yet he still did his best for goku and just the fact that sadly we don't really see him and we don't really hear about him anymore and he's just it sucks that he's not around but at the same time we can't deny the impact he had on goku yeah, I think the last time we really could have had a good chance of seeing him should have been um, the Tournament in Heaven arc in uh, Dragon Ball Z after the Cell Saga. Right. Because I think that would have been a nice moment of him. He's been there training this entire time. He doesn't have to be the ultimate fighter for Goku to fight, but it would have been nice to have them run into each other and both be training amongst the world's, or the universe's strongest. Yeah. Now, there's this adorable drawing somebody did of Bardock and Grandpa Gohan, and Bardock is covering his eyes in tears, and Grandpa Gohan has a hand on his shoulder. It's like, thank you for raising Kakarot. Yeah, I I debated putting a whole bunch of Dragon Ball characters. I was like, uh, Bulma's just kind of... We don't see her parenting. That's the if, thing. Considering how spoiled Trunks is, I'm willing to bet it's not very good. Yeah, I thought about Vegeta, but Vegeta punches uh, Trunks too much to the series, so. A little bit, and uh, Gohan, and, uh, look, I love Gohan, but he told, but when his daughter got kidnapped in Superhero, it's like, we have your daughter. He's like, oh, go away, leave me alone, I'm studying. I'm like, dude, you suck. You really suck for that. Yeah, I, you can't put Goku. Go 
Goku's not as bad a parent as everybody says, but he's not a good parent. Uh, I'll say this. I think Goku's a better better dad than he is a husband. And even I don't think he's that bad of a husband. It's just... I don't, I don't know. Akira Toriyama doesn't seem to know how to write romance. Yeah. And you could have put Piccolo, but Piccolo also, if you think about it, besides sacrificing himself for Gohan, he also physically abused Gohan as a little kid trying to get him to actually train, so... Threw him at walls, made him, made dinosaurs chase him. Just, just, just basic, basic stuff. But like I said, Grandpa Gohan. Just, I feel like not a lot of people talk about him, but at the same time, you can't deny the impact he had. Especially since, well, probably because he's like he's only really appeared in Dragon Ball, and apparently nobody's watched Dragon Ball. Yeah, I, I did also. Oh, I just remember the other one that was probably the closest I put on my list was uh, Gina. Now that she's officially canon. Yeah, I get that. I, I definitely get that. Because she truly seemed to care about Goku and uh, her and Bardock sacrificing their time with Goku just because they were afraid of losing him. Yeah, it's times like this where you where people are like, oh, Frieza's on the good guy's side now. I'm like, no, he's not. They have long memories. Yeah, he's just kind of not even anti-hero. He's anti-villain he yeah. he isn't going to be a he's probably going to continue to be a bad guy but if something comes up that's universe destroying he might show up to help them out. which in my opinion is the perfect balance i i don't want to see freeze a babysitting goten and trunks that would just that would just be weird no his his relationship needs to be the universe is mine so i'm going to partner with y'all to save it exactly but I'd like to think if he went up against Grandpa Gohan, Grandpa Gohan would wreck him. Probably wouldn't, but at the same time, like, I would not mind seeing Grandpa Gohan again someday. I think that would be a nice moment for them. I, uh, God, especially for him, like, imagine him and Gohan getting a chance to meet. So it's because I don't think they even have really brought him up. Now, if we get a scene where Grandpa Gohan learns what Goku named his first child, there's a good to fair chance I'm going to cry. Yeah, I probably will too. Yeah, but but not a lot of people talk about good parents in Dragon Ball because there probably aren't that many, but Grandpa Gohan is probably, in my opinion, number one on that list. Yeah. Alright, so my first honorable mention? Go for it. So this is the one that I... Uh, had as like a backup backup that i've added to the list delia ketchum from pokemon go ahead so there are so many times where you feel like she wants to ask ash ash to uh stay for a little while but she never really does uh she understands that ash's dream is uh really important to him and allows him to go out on these uh journeys but is always welcoming, always happy to see him when he's in a tournament, on TV, or when he makes it home at the end of one of his adventures. Uh, I mean, she always... I, I miss the days when she always was there at the tournaments with his friends in the stands. That I thought that was better than when they uh, had her start just watching on TV, but that can be that's fine. But she never, as I said, she never gives up. There are a handful of scenes between series where she you kind of see her upset that he's running off right, almost right away to continue his journey 
but she's always supportive. She's bringing some new shoes, new clothes, ready to go on the next, uh, to help him get ready for the next adventure. Tells him to bring, to wear new underwear every single day. And even when, like, if you think back on it, Pikachu's, like, pretty much trying to kill Ash in the first episode, and she's still like, oh, he's cute. Yeah, okay, (laughs) I will say, I think she's a better parent than she's a bad parent. I will say, though, there are a couple of times where I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is an incredibly dangerous journey to be going on, and I feel like she doesn't keep tabs on them all that often. But to be fair, that might just be a case of he's not calling her all that often, which kind of says a lot about Ash when I, you start to think about it. I think back to, like, the Johto and Advanced generation, I think they talked a lot more then. They seemed to, uh, I mean, I know Ash called Oak, like, every episode in the series, but I think here he also called his mom a good bit more back then. It was As we got later on in the series, he didn't call nearly as much. Yeah, and Professor Oak wasn't even that great of a grandparent <laughs> no he i mean the fact that he forgets who his uh grandson's name is and then you can call him whatever you want yeah the crazy he's an okay grandparent in the anime but in the games he's terrible there are so many instances of just how bad he is but i can understand delia ketchup um <laughs> like i said she kind of has points where i'm like wow she's really not checking up on her son at all Oh, there in one of the movies, Pikachu runs up to her. She's like, "Oh, Pikachu, so good to see you." And Ash is like, "Mom, she's like, oh, hi, honey." Just doesn't care. Well, I would probably do the same if my dog ran up to me and before anyone else. Uh, I'm just saying, but when the second those cameras turn off, Pikachu's the biggest diva behind the scenes. Y'all, have, I, it's my theory. Y'all have y'all aren't ready for that. Yeah, I can definitely see it. Yeah. But anyways, like I said, Delia Ketchum, I can I can understand. I can co-sign to that. Yeah, I debated uh I think Dawn's mom is another pretty uh good mom because she doesn't necessarily coddle him, but coddle Dawn when it comes to like how Dawn feels. But she's not like you you I'm trying to remember how to how to explain it. She doesn't um she doesn't say your feelings don't matter about this. It's more of, yeah, but you you need to take a step forward, kind of thing. I I don't know. I don't know. Dawn, no matter how many times I rewatch Diamond and Pearl, I, Dawn's mom is never a character I know how I feel about. It she kind of flip flops for me. Yeah, they're kind of the two old, like moms that are or parents that are really big. I mean, May's Brock's parents abandoned him, so no. And they told, said, oh, his mom died. Uh, no, she actually didn't, but okay. Yeah. Uh, May's mom and dad are just there to be uh, like a handful of things. I mean, they root for her, but that's about it. Um, Serena's mom say, does to, to, In her... May's mom's defense, she did show up at the Grand Festival. True. But uh, then, uh, like, Serena's mom doesn't do, like, your dream you need to be a Rhyhorn racer yeah uh spoiler alert for any parents tell your kids what to be in life never ever 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 goes well yeah and i definitely couldn't put go's parents on here i barely remember them yeah they're in a handful they're laying like three episodes and from what i remember they pretty much leave go a 100% 100% alone, like, 99% of the time. To be fair, any parents who leave their child with Ash Ketchum should know what they're getting into at this point. 
you know, they, he had his life all figured out. He was still passing all his tests when before Ash showed up and not doing anything with Pokemon or being a delinquent. And now look at him. He's on a journey. You said go as a delinquent. I need Ash and go dressed up as traditional Japanese delinquent. It's huddled over. Ash has a pompadour or goes wearing a jacket, but it's on his shoulders. I need that drawing right now. You want to submit it, send it to Alex. Yeah, I will not pay you, but uh, depending on who it is, I might. But I can co-sign. I do think, just to wrap it up, I do think I actually prefer Kakui. He's Kakui and Burnett as Ash's parents because they just feel there more. Yeah, but that's because Ash is living with them for like 99% of his time there. Yeah, and not paying rent, I've noticed. But what you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Alright, so my next honorable mention? Go right ahead. Mika and Mizuki Nakahara from Lacorus Recoil. Okay. Alright, honorable mention because they, as much, as well as these two kind of work together, you could also kind of argue that they're focus. They're not as focused on as Chisato and Takina, but at the same time, Mika uh, helped Chisato realize you don't have to be a vicious killer while working in Likor. It's like she and actually helped her develop her fun-loving, warm personality that she has to this day, ultimately making her a happier person. And and he also helped welcome Takina into the or into their organization and said, "You can relax. Sure, you have a job to do, and it's tough." But you can relax every now and then and have fun with your friends. And Mizuki, while not being necessarily a parent material, was always there to kind of give them a kind of give them a kick in the pants or just reprimand them whenever they did something wrong. At the same time, though, you get a very caring personality from her, probably because she says all the time she wants to get married, and so far it's not really working out. But she has two kind of daughters to practice with. Okay. Sounds like a kind of interesting relationship. Yeah. Now, the one it's also kind of an honorable mention because as much as Mizuki wants to get married, it's not going to work with Mika. One, because Mika's revealed to be gay, and two, because he's kind of went through a lot. He had to kill his last partner, so I don't think he's actually looking forward to, let me start another relationship. Yeah, that can put a damper on your love life. And, uh killed the uh your partner yeah yeah he did it for the for the right reasons and it was a heartbreaking scene but at the same time like i would not expect him to move on so fast but do would i necessarily say these two work as parents together in in a sense yes but they also kind of work apart from each other which i find kind of interesting like I said, Ed, they both were very supportive of Chisato just becoming an all-around nice, loving human being. And they just, you can tell whenever she's happy about something, they always find a way to kind of show they're proud. All right. I can co-sign. The Chorus Recoil is one of those shows that you've talked about a good bit on here now, and I probably should at least give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, if the if the main character, it's one of those shows where if you can, don't like the main characters, you should stop. But at the same time, if you don't like the main characters, it's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. All right. So this one that I've got is a little weird because they're not a couple, but they serve as parents to two characters in the series, and I put them together because of their final sacrifice, uh, Shikaku and. Uh, Inoichi 
from Naruto. Yeah, okay. You can tell that they both really care, uh, Shikaku cares, or, yeah, I'll just call them that, uh, till, uh, about Shikamaru and believes in him being the, uh, the genius that he is, and, uh, Inoisuke believes in Ino about, uh, being strong, but still feminine and all that. It's really, like, when you get them together with their kids, it's always really nice moments, I feel. Yeah. Whether... It's especially just kind of cool considering, like, they do have the utmost faith in their kids, even with all their flaws. Heck, I feel like Eno's dad kind of helps show her alongside Asuma, just like, hey, Eno, you're a lot smarter than you think you are. Why not maybe use that? And to this day, she's still using it. Yeah, and you get all of that, and then you get the, uh, I know the war arc is kind of controversial, but their death is one of those moments because they don't really mourn themselves. They know that they're going to die. And all, and they spend that time telling Shikamaru and uh, you know that they're the ones that matter and uh, that they can go on and uh, lead their clans as, uh, better than they could. And I know from what I remember, Ino breaks down Shikamaru does this kind of tough guy stands there and cries, but you know, breaks down because their their dads literally spent their last moments telling them that they can go on and help win this war. Yeah, not only that, but going back to Shikaku, it, it's kind of hard considering there's Shikaku the dad and Shikaku the tailed beast. But regardless, remember, even at one point when Tsunade shows up, Shikamaru does his usual, which people seem to forget <laughs> that he used to do this. The, I don't know, having a woman as Hokage just seems kind of wrong. And Shikaku pulls him aside and says, like, hey, Shikamaru, women actually make us better people. People. So seemingly shutting it down and stopping Shikamaru from becoming one of the most canceled characters in anime. But also, when Asuma dies, Shikamaru's not handling it well. And Shikaku just tells him, let it out. Just let it out. Because it's the healthy thing to do. It's one of the most heartbreaking scenes in the anime, but he did the right thing by telling his son, you don't have to be strong. You can be sad about this. Yeah. And I debated putting Choji's dad on here, but he's just not in the series. Uh, he doesn't have the same like ending and doesn't show up as much for some reason as the other two. In his defense, he does tell Choji that his kind heart is what's going to win people over, and he was right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has some nice moments, I think, when they're when Cho like they show between Kid Choji and him, but where you get the moments with Ino and uh Shikamaru when they're in like the end of Naruto and in Shibutan uh story arcs. So I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. I also do like how he how involved he is with Tsunade because they do seem very close in the sense of when they're like, oh, we were able to say we were able to save Choji and Neji. Thanks for your thanks for your knowledge of medicine from the Nara clan. And you kind of think to yourself, oh right, the Nara clan are like good healers. You kind of forget about that sometimes. Yeah, they're they seem to be able to do almost anything except for like sensory ninja, and that's why they partner up with the uh uh Eno's clan. Well, also stamina, because like they all their chakra runs out incredibly fast compared to others. True. <laughs> All right, but I can definitely co-sign. 
I think I prefer Shikaku over or Eno's dad, but like I never thought that anything bad of him. He did seem like he was a good dad when he had to be. Yeah, I, I as I said though, when I I probably would have thrown Choji's dad on the same list, like kept all three together, had he been serving as like security for the um observation post or whatever they were in during the war, and if he had died with them, so I think that while he was a frontline fighter, it would have fit for him for that you know Shikacho to completely to pass away together the, then again considering how strong the akamichi clan is there's a good chance he still would have survived that blast anyway like hey i'm good high body fat works sometimes uh, that could have also been interesting uh they team up uh using their you know Shikacho formation and are able to stop the tail of the beast ball saving something, themselves and everybody else something like that but i can co-sign on to them all right so your next honorable mention? Martha from Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Okay. Honestly, as much as I love Yusuke and his cool, calm, collective manner, it, there were moments where he was legitimately scared during the Dark Signers arc. He was shaken up. And his adoptive mother, who's also the adoptive mother of Crow and Jack, was very much at very much at one point like, hey, I understand what you're going through. But you also have friends that you have to protect. And as much as I'd love for you to have somebody else handle this, you know they need you too. And considering how the, these kids had nothing, they were poor, they were homeless for the longest time, it was horrible for them. But Martha was the person who was able to bring them together and kind of teach them the bonds that they share, which shapes Yusei for the rest of the series. There's also the fact that as tough as Yusei can be, she's even willing to pull his ear at times and be like, hey, snap. Hey, hey, like you need to be better. You need to be better. It's a good balance of loving person, but also a little bit of an ass kicker. And I kind of respect that. It sounds really interesting. I don't think I've uh, gotten to that point in the anime, but I, it seems interesting because she helps take care of these kids who are, from what I can tell, pretty much put on an island to work as slave labor until uh, for. Uh, the rich who live in the uh, what is it Neo Domino City is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah. So yeah, I and she also gets what well, she also finds a way to get under their skin sometimes because there's a moment where Jack's being super proud and pompous and she's like, "Oh, Jack, it's so good to see you. Well, go on, show me that Prince routine you used to do when you were a little kid." And Jack starts getting weird about it, but he actually ends up doing it. It's one of the weirdest scenes in the show, but it's actually kind of hilarious. And there's another moment where after he she helps you say and goes like, hey, you you can stand up for your friends. You you can be scared, but you can still keep fighting. And, and he ends up set going to help Akiza. But before she, he leaves, she says, oh, and after this is over, you can go take Akiza on a date. <laughs> and as tough as you say is, even he gets kind of flustered by it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what moms will do to you. Oh, I thought he would have turned to her and said... But don't say it. Motor, okay. Don't say it. Don't say it. I know what you're going to say. Do not say it. Fine, <laughs> uh, I won't say it. Even though, in your defense, the, one of the next lines is somebody laughing and saying, he's already got a girlfriend. His runner. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to see that you actually used that joke. Oh, good. yeah. I'm so <laughs> happy about it. it. It was worth sacrificing you saying the keys for that joke. Absolutely. Ah. Uh... Maybe we'll eventually do 
couples that should have been in anime. <laughs> we already did that list, but I'm willing to do a sequel. <laughs> All right. So my next honorable mention. Okay. So um, I put uh, Yang Wen Lee from uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Um, so pretty much partway through season one, um, uh, Yang is told about uh, this program to uh, in the Republic to the um, for military members to adopt uh, war orphans, and he adopts this. Has to be more as a foster kid, not or a foster parent than anything. And he gets a kid named Julian that uh, comes with him. And Yang Wenli is a little bit more on the relaxed kind of goes with the flow style. He's a genius when it comes to being uh, in war and tactically and all that, but he can't keep his house clean to save his life. He can't cook rice without burning it. That's just how he is. So Julian, at first you kind of see him serving as the more responsible one, you would say. But you kind of start seeing that Yang is trying to teach Julian that because Julian is, it's been war for so long. Julian's been raised in that mindset of uh, we're the good guys. There's you don't question ever, anything about us. You um, when you get old enough, you try to find a way of serving uh, the Republic as best as you can. And Yang's like, I mean, you could serve in the military if you want, but there's other things. I studied history that and stuff, and starts teaching him other ways. Julian does uh, join him. Is still you get those moments where he know that he's he's serving because that's what he wants to do, not because that's what the government expects of him, and he's trying to make uh, Yang proud. At the end, does one of these characters end up dying like everybody else I've heard about in this series? I haven't seen season four, either part two, or it's really weird. I, from my understanding, the English voice actor got uh, for one of the characters got sick, and uh, so they put the English dub on hiatus. And I, so perfectly fine. I'm hoping the voice actor is doing well and making a good recovery. If they come back and finish it up, that would be great. Otherwise, I'll probably give the sub a shot towards the uh, just find out what happens. Yeah, I hope so too. I hate when bad stuff happens to good voice actors. That, and I also just mean as human <laughs> beings because like. Good lord. Yeah, so whatever's going on, take your time, recover. If you can finish the show, great. If not, we do have the English sub that can be finished. Yeah, but I can co-sign. It does sound like even with everything that goes on in the series, it's nice to know that there are some good relationships that come out of it. Yeah, it's kind of nice because they both kind of ground each other in different ways. Yeah, definitely. All right, your next honorable mention, right? I think you yeah. My final honorable mention, and Mr. and Mrs. Kuroki from Watamote. Okay. All right, honorable mention, because we don't get that much focus on them or even their marriage, but Mrs. Is Kuroki always seems like she's worrying about Tomoko and doing her best to kind of get her through her anxiety. Sure, they fight. Sure, they go through some stuff. But at the same time, you never get the feeling that she stops caring. She's hard on Tomoko, but at the same time, it always does feel like I want you to be better. 
Heather. And also at the same time, as I've said before, Tomoko does a really good job of balancing whether you want to root for her. And other times we're like, wow, you were kind of a jerk. You what you you deserve what you get. All right. I don't really have much. It seems like, I can see why this is honorable mention because of the not getting along part as well. Yeah. And as for Tomoko's <laughs> dad, we don't learn really anything about him other than the fact that he trap he works a lot he like i guess i guess it's a very high profile business job and there's one scene we get from him that doubles as kind of cringy but at the same time also kind of sweet he comes home one day and he's not home a lot so he's like oh i'd like to go in and say hi to tomoko tomoko who fell asleep playing a um a very not safe for work game Hey, if you don't know what I mean, you're probably too young to be on this channel. It's okay. Hey, at the same time, though, as he sees her into position, he sees exactly what she's playing, but he just turns the game off, picks her up, tucks her in. That's it. He doesn't yell at her. He doesn't freak out. He just sees what's happening and just gives showers his daughter with love and just lets her go to sleep. Yeah, that sounds nice. And I, I'm guessing because that's his kind of big moment in the series, that's why he can like on the main list he's just an honorable exactly. mention i honestly i try to get through the manga the manga is interesting but at the same time i I still don't feel like we get that much from him regardless but just that one moment means okay you get a, you get a little bit of love yeah it sounds like it could be an interesting relationship that could have more if the, i don't know if the manga is still ongoing or not but it is and maybe maybe they'll do a story arc or something in there where uh to develop that relationship a bit more but you never know yeah it does seem like tomoko is closer with her dad but her brother is closer with his mom which is perfectly fine it's like i said not always the best way of handling things but at the same time i it's tomoko she it's she makes it kind of hard on herself sometimes but you never get the feeling that this family hates each other you get the feeling we don't always get each other but we still i would still defend these people from anything all right, yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign. I again, I've seen bits and pieces of this series, so I don't, I don't think I've seen, uh, especially that dad scene. Yeah, you would definitely <laughs> remember it because you would think, oh god, this is about to go horribly wrong. All right, interesting. Anyways, your last honorable mention. So my last honorable mention, I'm probably gonna butcher this name, Ojaiwa, from uh, Doro. So, uh, this is From the... what? No, I'm more. Wor- What's the name of the show? One more time. Dororo. D o r o r o. Oh no, I know, I know the show. I've been watching the show. Yeah. So this is Dor. Uh, is this a Dororo? I can't remember how it's. It's been a long time since I've seen the series, but um, it's the main girl's mom. You uh, you discover that her history where. Both of her parents were pretty much bandit leaders, but they were Robin Hood-esque bandits. They stole from uh, the rich, corrupt samurai of their area and gave back to the poor and helped their band of kind of mercenaries uh, survive. Well, they're betrayed by um, one of the lieutenants of their group to the samurai. Her father is uh, mortally wounded and survives for a little while helping support them uh but ojaiwa um 
pretty much has to carry on on her own. And you see her trying to make whatever money she can to just support the girl. Um, but then um, one of the most, those really sad uh, scenes is they find a place that's uh, serving food and, but it's, you have to bring your own bowl to get the uh, boiling hot soup. And uh, they don't have a bowl. They have no possessions whatsoever. So she puts her hands underneath there and they serve the soup in her hands and she cups her hands getting really bad boiling liquid burns yeah. to, to feed uh, uh, Duro. But they um, eventually she does pass on, but you can see just how much she cares. It's in this like it's like one or episode or two episodes that they tell that backstory and it's it's a sad one yeah not to mention she was a total badass in fights it's like oh dear god like such a kind person but also not somebody i would like to piss off also full disclosure for the longest time i did not think dorora was a girl i thought oh this kid oh this kid he's kind of oh girl oh right my bad yeah and the it kind of tells you why uh, Doro is the way she is. Is she's being tough because that's kind of how she grew up, especially once her dad was betrayed by his lieutenant. Yeah. Uh, then again, gr- walking around with a with a robotic samurai guy who doesn't talk that much also kind of doesn't ha- <laughs> doesn't really help a normal childhood. Yeah, true. But if I met someone who's kind of like that i might have walked around with them as well it's like this is interesting go kill that thing now yeah i i mean in a sense in a sense it is a series i have been through my rewatch have been meaning to finish so maybe we could talk about it more at some point but but yeah yeah it's definitely a show i i don't mind in the slightest i actually i actually thoroughly enjoy it yeah i put it on this list because it's been a long time since i've seen it i just remembered this backstory when we were thinking back on really good parents and that moment just it it brings a tear to your eye because she's sacrificing pretty much her hands to be able to touch anything i mean it's boiling they, they literally say that and pour it in you can see it bubbling so she's that's maybe a form so, of torture maybe somebody should work on the soup the soup should not be that hot yeah but it's um feudal japan so in the winter so it's everything's like half frozen anyway oh oh goody that's right so all right so your last one all right best parents in anime you know me but if you guys know this channel at this point you (laughs) should be surprised at this point kasaki and ray from buddy daddies 100 agree okay so these two you could argue that miri helped these two more than and they've helped her at the same time though these guys were broken before Miri showed up. Hold up. It, it's been long enough. I'm spoil. I'm going to spoil stuff. Kasuki lost his wife and an unborn child in an accident. Nobody was after him. There was no revenge. It was just a freak accident that he felt like he was the cause of. And Ray was, ra- was raised by his father throughout his life to just be a merciless killer and not be connected to anyone. He couldn't even call his dad, dad. But once they meet Miri they, and they take her in, they start to change. They're not the best parents, and the show would be super boring if they were always the best parents. But at the same time, you can tell that they do make sacrifices for Miri. They do make changes. 
they are they're all positively affecting each other's lives and it's kind of beautiful to see mm-hmm. and i i have to say this show has one of the best endings with especially with the time skip it is just such a nice moment i didn't expect an, i expected a happy ending but it's just like oh okay hey time skip i'm like what hold on and then you just see that they act that once again it's a spoiler that they all that the kasuki and ray own a diner together where ray has actually learned to make french toast which he did not know how to make earlier i don't know and you just see that they're all still they're all still a family after all this time together and it's just really cool to see and they they're still the same people but they're they're not letting their trauma run their lives anymore and i think that's really cool yeah this is one of the best shows of this year i have to say i really enjoyed it yeah now the one thing because we've never really talked about this so i kind of want to get your two cents about it okay okay so the the fandom's kind of split in half at this point some people think kazuki and ray are like legitimately a gay couple all that are raising married together the other half seems to think oh it's just a queer platonic relationship I don't care which one it is, but I just want to get your thoughts because I think I'm on queer platonic because it's just, I don't know, that just feels more interesting to me. I think in this case, it's probably that. I never really thought too much on it. I just kind of viewed them as really good friends. So, so I'd say probably that way. Yeah, especially considering, oh, I don't know, Kazuki was married to a woman. If I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't really care what side. I just... I don't, I don't know. To me, it, I guess it's just another point in the favor because it's never, oh, two dads raising kids together. Everyone's like, oh, two dads. Miri, are you happy? And she's always happy to say yes. And they're like, oh, all right. Welcome to our school. Except for that one episode, but that's just the typical. That's, I think, what we've talked about that episode being not the best of a great show. It's not the best, <laughs> but at the same time, I'd still call it watchable. Yeah, that's the good thing. We don't, I don't know if we've ever talked really that much about um uh, her mother but that would be a separate video her mother her, mo- her mother's mixed for me we as i said we may come back to this topic again or or just talk about buddy dice in general i don't know if we had a, a dedicated video to it so i can do i can happily do another one i don't care yeah so yeah, yeah but we'll- but at the same time though you can all just tell that these three really grew thanks to each other and while as much as I would love to a series of them of Miri growing up and them being parents together, I'm perfectly happy with what we got. I'm perfectly happy to be like they lived happily ever after. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, I as I said, I don't even normally like this necessarily this type of show, and I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah. Imagine being stuck on the plane after downloading. You're like, oh, the show's really good. I only download two episodes. There's more out there. How long is this plane? Oh, six more hours with no buddy daddies. Great. Is that your Hawaii trip? Yes, it was. <sighs> I I, sp- I spent more time watching buddy daddies than anything else. It's just like, hey, want to go sightseeing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kyotaro. No. Oh, no. He's he, he's just taking care of the kid. Good job. All right. But yeah, I 100% uh, Kazuki and Ray are... M- they make mistakes, but they learn and grow and become excellent parents. Yeah. Also, when you see them in suits, they have the best fashion sense of any parents I've seen in anime. Yeah. And um, and when you 
when Ray gets taken back by her mother, you can feel how much pain they're in because of it. I don't want to talk about no that episode legit that episode legit made me upset. This is a, this might be one that needs like a whole breakdown or something since we both seen it and both really enjoyed it. Exactly. I I still think between the two of us, you're more Ray than I am. I seem to go out more. <laughs> That's quite possible. All right. So my last one. Please go ahead. So I picked uh, Belmare from One Piece. So, yeah. Yeah. Th- this is one of those. She, for, I mean, to start, she sacrificed her career as kind of a mid-level Marine to uh, adopt uh, Nami and her sister. But then, and moved to this small island where they barely made ends meet selling oranges but she's still got that disciplinarian. Like when Nami steals a book from the local bookstore, she makes Nami go back and return it and uh, apologize for what she did. But she doesn't discourage Nami for wanting to make a map of the world. And she believes in both of these kids who she just randomly adopted in pretty much from a combat zone. That's if from our understanding is that she found them while on a mission killing pirates or bandits or something. And then after all of this being, trying to be a parent, she gets killed by Arlog because she can only pay the tax for either the two kids or herself. And rather than uh, go, well, I don't care about these two kids, she pays for them and gets killed herself. It's just, she became Nami's mom in that moment and you can feel it because nami sacrifices so much in the of herself to try to make up for what uh in her eyes is failing does anybody in one is anybody in one piece gonna get a happy ending because i feel like it's going to end with and then they died that is quite possible we're either gonna get the uh the luffy changes the world and everything uh becomes happy and better or we're gonna get that uh he changes the world not necessarily for the better, but that's the end. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll just be sitting around for One Piece Shippuden. <laughs> eh, we'll probably get One Piece Boruto more likely the next uh, generation. Wh- why would you say? Why would you say that? Well, if they kill everybody off before the next series, that yeah, yeah, and everybody who survives is going to get a really bad haircut that we're all ashamed of. Yeah, probably. You're, you, I feel like you were going to be like, oh, well, maybe not. Like, like, no, okay. But I agree. She was, you could tell she was doing everything in her power to make Nami, not to just make Nami happy and make her a better per- person. And I, you'd like to think at some, you'd like to think it's still having an effect to this day. Because like, even to the non-trained, to an untrained eye, Nami just seems like a selfish person. But you look deeper at that, you realize that's not fully it. Yeah, I mean, her want to get as many uh, berries as possible came from wanting to buy back her village from Arlong to free them because of uh, what they've been through, which is something that you know pretty much she got from Belmare. I you said and, berries, and my mind went to Pokemon. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell are they? Oh, right, that's the currency in One Piece. Right, got it. Yeah, it could also be in Pokemon for all we know. We don't it, we call it Poke Dollars, but it's just it's just like, oh, we need so Bellamy, we need 
a hundred a hundred berries here a hundred orange berries can we have our ta- can we have our stuff back uh sure yeah you do know these heal right <laughs> all the pretty sure you're only supposed to eat one that's what mystery dungeon says but regardless i do agree with that that she really did it always sucks when parents have to sacrifice themselves in the end but you can tell she did it with a good reason of doing it and that's had a good effect on nami to this day yeah it it helps that we got some of their relationship of uh Bilmer serving kind of as their mother figure mo- adoptive mother right that's the whole thing is they never say if it's fully adoption or what it is she gave up her career pretty much so i'd say it's a full adoption i think it's kidnapping but sure let's just say adoption uh, they were abandoned on a battlefield, and we don't know where their parents actually were. So, is it is Nami's dad Zoro? They're too close in age. I really hope, at least in that case. Yeah, let, let's not let's not think about that. But we're go- but I can co-sign. All right, you ready to wrap this up then? All right, yeah, let's do it. So, ladies, gentlemen, and others, who are some of your favorite parents in anime? Whether they're comedic, supportive, just downright bizarre, or just you think they're you just think they're swell people. Exactly. And do you agree with our list? Did, are there any parents on our list that you or guardians that you feel aren't great parents? Or I would love to hear me try to read these comments and be like, no, you're wrong. Kazuki and Ray. Hey, I'm so I'm sorry. They gave up their careers. What What's that other spy family show doing? Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would be hard to argue against any of these be, not being great parents. Yeah, and sure, I think at some point we'll be doing a list of worst parents, which honestly is just gonna probably just make me sad. But you guys are used to that at this point. Yeah, that's the sad part. I think there's a lot more bad parents in anime. Oh no, that's 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 not gonna be good. But anyways, just let us know favorite anime parents be sure to like comment subscribe and all that other nonsense be good to each other and we'll see you next time this has been alex and richard and you have been listening to anime egotists good night and peace easy